0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. The Bible says, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh but by love serve one another for all the law is fulfilled in one word even in this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself but if ye bite and devour one another take heed that ye be not consumed one of another all right let's bow and pray heavenly father we come to you this morning we ask your blessing upon the proclamation of your word Lord, help me have the right spirit, the right attitude, be able to teach and preach your truths from your word. We want you to be glorified. We pray that you would have the preeminence. We ask your blessing upon all that are here this morning. Lord, we pray that your saints are edified, that all of us, all of us would be better for it at the end of the time that we have this morning. Please, Lord, help me be able to deliver this message under the power of the Holy Spirit, not my own power, Lord, Help me. I need your help in Jesus name. Amen. It says for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. If you look back at Galatians chapter two, right quick and read verse number four. The Bible says, and that because of false brethren unawares brought in who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus that they might bring us into bondage there's this power struggle going on that paul is trying to deal with them concerning their liberty versus bondage people are going to come in unawares and try to do that happened in paul's day it's going to happen in our day it's not going to stop out until the lord comes back privily they're going to come in we saw that in galatians 2 when we went through that chapter verse by verse In Galatians chapter 5, if you look at verse number 1, he establishes the fact at the start of this chapter. We already preached on this, but he establishes liberty. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. So we saw back in Galatians 2, this contrast of liberty versus bondage. And now we see that it's synonymous synonymous with, at the start of the fifth chapter, liberty and freedom. You're free. I am free. And he reaffirms our liberty in verse number 13 towards the middle of this chapter by saying, "For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. What is the purpose then of our calling as Christians? liberty 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 for all christians we looked at this before um, as we tune in on the emphasis given to liberty in chapter five but we looked at this before in first thessalonians 4 when the bible says for god hath not called us unto uncleanness but unto holiness in first thessalonians 4 when we're going through that book verse by verse on sunday nights we looked at We're called not to live an unclean life, but a holy life. We're called unto holiness. We're called unto liberty. And we're going to see those two terms synonymously be be built in with one another because both are right and both one will support the other and vice versa. If you're set free in Christ and you're supposed to live a holy life, what were you living before you came to Christ? A dirty life. You were a dirty person. I was a dirty person. You had a dirty heart. I had a dirty heart. We came to Christ. Now we're called unto holiness to live a holy life. I don't know why Christians get so upset with preaching on holiness or preaching on right living when we were redeemed by the blood of the lamb and jesus christ paid our sin debt why would we not want to live a clean life this idea that you're going to clean your life up and then come to christ is a false idea you're dirty you're unclean you're unrighteous you're ungodly you come to the foot of the cross you trust jesus christ And the merit of his righteousness, the merit of his godliness, the merit of his cleanness, and he will wash you as white as you can ever be. Amen. Why wouldn't you now, in gratitude, want to just live your life as clean and and as holy as you could for him? Mm -hmm. Not to impress anybody Mm -hmm. except to show thanks to your Savior. So it's important that we understand here what, here's our next question. <clears throat> what are you and I liberated from? Galatians chapter 4, let's do a little bit of a, re, of a review. We've been liberated from, in verse number 8 of Galatians 4, How be it then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. You're liberated from service to false gods, those little G-gods, those no-gods that you served before you came to Christ. Maybe it was a false religion. Maybe it was you. (laughs) You just lived your life for you. Maybe it was, well, I grew up in church, or I was baptized, or I was just fill in the blank of all the things you've heard lost people tell you. Those are the little G gods. And then you came to Christ and you're liberated from all that. You don't serve that or those things anymore. You serve the one true and living God. Uh, in verse number three, in verse number uh, chapter four, it says, even so we, when we were children, we, uh, I'm sorry, were in bondage under the elements of this world. So you're liberated from the bondage that this world had you tied to. You're in this world, you're not of this world now. Hence the term Pilgrim Baptist Church. We don't dress like pilgrims, like we came off the Mayflower. That's not what that means. (laughs) Now, if that's your style, great, That's fine. Everybody has their own different style, but being a Bible believer doesn't mean you dress like you came off the boat. It means that you are liberated from this world And now you are a stranger and a pilgrim to this evil world. That's why it doesn't matter where you go. It ain't your home. It's not. You can live on tech, but that's not your home. Why no? I have a dorm. I have a home back home. No, no, no. You're you're missing the point. You're passing through. That's why a Christian can shine a light and be a witness on a dark, worldly, pagan campus and College age students can do this all over the world because it ain't their home. They're just passing through. And by the way, once you come home with me, let me tell you about Jesus. That's the idea. That's the idea. And that's what brings us all together. We're not part of this world anymore. We're not in bondage to. it. Look at verse number nine in Galatians four. But now. After that, you've known God or rather are known of God. I'll turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements where you desire again to be in bondage. You observe days and months and times and years. We're not in bondage to Sabbath days. We're not in bondage to Jewish feasts. Mm-hmm. We're not in bondage to celebrating Passover and unleavened bread. And we're not in bondage to the sabbatical year. None of that. Do we need to do? We don't worship any of these days. A day is a day is a day. We worship God in spirit and in truth every day. We're not in bondage to those. And then lastly, let's go to Romans. Let's go back a few books and get Romans 6. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 last thing that we're liberated from i'm sure we can have a whole list you're probably thinking of some too as i'm going through the bible with you but we'll only look at this as the last one but romans six seventeen. but god be thanked that ye were the servants of sin but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine Which was delivered you being then made free from sin. Ye became the servants of righteousness. You have a choice. Who you will serve. You have a choice. Now, I realize without the Holy Spirit prodding us and without the Holy Spirit seeking us, I realize nobody gets saved. But the fact of the matter is the Holy Spirit is active and the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, by the way. It's a real. okay. so it's real. You are going to serve that which you want to serve. You're not a slave to Christ. You are a servant to Christ. A slave doesn't have a choice. A slave is, no, you're doing this. <laughs> Who do you want to serve? I'm a slave to Christ. Well, that's funny because you're not really living for him. <laughs> like, I, we, and we can all look at our lives at one in one way, shape, form, or another and say, you know what? You know what, Lord? I really can use some help in this area. We've got to make a choice. Do we desire to serve ourselves in our flesh like we did before we were lost? And I know we're battling this flesh. I know Romans 7. I know all that. The bottom line is we've got the indwelt Holy Spirit. Let's serve Christ. Let's be servants of righteousness. Mm -hmm. Why? Because our liberty comes from We're being liberated from the fact that we were servants to sin. Now we're free to serve Christ. We're free to serve him. Uh, Let's go back to Galatians 5. Galatians 5, and we'll continue reading verse 13. For brethren, you you have been called unto liberty. But Watch this. Only use not liberty for an occasion to... The flesh, there was the women's liberation movement that came out and they said all sorts of things. They said, I'm free. I'm going to be liberated. You know what they did? They chopped all their hair off so that they can look in the mirror and say, I am not going to be identified by my femininity. I am me. I am going to look in the mirror and I am me. And they did all of these things to just say, you know what? I am not going to be feminine. I have been liberated. We see that nowadays. It's not, it's not, uh, it's the queer agenda. It's not ladies and gentlemen. It's ladies and gentle thems (laughs) because you will not identify me. This is why when you fill out these forms online now, it's not just male and female. It's male, female, and non-binary. You know why it says non-binary? Not, non, by meaning to, not to. You are not going to identify me as a male. You will not identify me as a female. I'm non-binary. I'm a gentle they, a gentle them. It's a bunch of, amen. How do you get to a point like that? You thumb your nose at God. That's how you get to a point like that. And if you say anything, you're considered mean and hateful and intolerant, except they're the ones that act mean and are intolerant of Christians. (laughs) The whole thing has been flipped upside down on its head. And I hate to tell if you're watching online, I hate to tell you, your spouse may be your partner, but if you're a husband, you have a wife. If you are a wife, you have a husband. God made them male and female. And I hate to give you a science lesson, but try to apply this non-binary garbage to the animal life. What type of chickens do you have? Well, they're non-binary. What type of goats do you have? They're non-binary. No, you're you're wrong. It's a male and a female. Some of these folks need to get on a farm a little bit, snap some green beans with grandma, and then go out and plow the field for a day. and. Check out some farm animals. This stuff ain't hard. They sit in front of their computer all day as a non-binary robot. It's, It's a thumbing of the nose at God and saying, I'm liberated. I'm free. You're not. You have gone backwards. God does not want us to use our liberty for an occasion of the flesh. God's liberation plan It is completely different and completely opposite as to the way that this culture defines it. God has a completely different plan. And we see in Galatians number, uh, verse number 13, the last word there after, uh, right before the comma, use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh what's the flesh the flesh you can say is equal to like what we did in math remember that wesley still does this stuff he's got more math and i can't even understand what he's learning (laughs) but i can understand this this is easy for me the flesh equals the sin nature (laughs) which we all have and if there's one thing that we hate about ourselves it's the flesh Have you ever wanted to do right because you're a Christian? And it's not that you want to do right because you want other people to see you doing right. This is an issue where you just want to do right and no one's really going to know or not. And and it's like a personal thing or a family thing. And You're like, you want to do right because you're a Christian, but your flesh keeps fighting you and it just becomes hard. Brothers and sisters have this problem. They get saved at a young age, seven or eight or nine or ten. And then a few days later, the parents wonder why they're fussing at each other because they're saved. Well, their flesh didn't get saved. <laughs> but, you know, I've wanted to do right, and I just battle that flesh. We all can relate to that. That flesh is the sin nature. Go, let's go back to Romans. Let's get in Romans 7 for a second here. Uh, Romans 7. Uh verse number five for when we were in, here it is, the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. See that we were in the flesh. That's that flesh is synonymous with our sin nature. Go down to verse 25 at the end of the chapter. I thank God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Isn't that tough? That's what we were talking about earlier. I know I've got the spirit of God living within me. It's just in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. That's why we get set off so easy. It's hard to not get in the flesh. You ever ask somebody to pray for you? You're going to go into a tough business meeting or you're going to go into a tough uh, conversation you have to have with somebody, and you, and you just say, Would you, you just please, that I'm, please pray that I don't get in the flesh. A lot of times, our personal witness is ruined not by the fact that we gave somebody the gospel, but by the fact that we got in the flesh and our flesh offended them. Should the cross offend them? Yes. Should the fact that the Bible tells them they're a sinner offend them? Yes. Should the fact that the Bible tells them because of their sin, they're separated from God and the only savior that can solve their sin problem is the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes. All of that will be an offense. But when the offense becomes you and when the offense becomes me, we're off track. We're in the flesh. The only thing we want offending them is the truth of the gospel, not us. And I, look, I've been there as much as you've been there, where it's like the thing starts off well, and then by the time it ends, you're like, I just got to go take a nap because I'm just worn out, and I wore him out. We've all been there. Flesh. Everybody knows how to race get Well, if you if you heard Brother Vic's second message, you would have. I, I thought. They were going to come shut us down, just cut the feed. Him preaching on the family. By the time he got to the switch, I'm like, oh no! It was good preaching. Yeah. Now, don't don't we all know these biblical principles about how to raise our children? We all know them, and we tend to, as parents, use that as spiritual fuel to justify our unrighteous anger and the way that we're handling it wrong, because we've got other spiritual We got other verses to kind of make the whole thing spiritual, and it's not. We do that with witnessing. We become the offense. We do that with child rearing. We can mess up a spanking or a whooping just as fast as a lost person. And we got scripture verses to back it up. We do that. Husbands do this with wives. Wives do this with husbands. Telling you, fellas, the minute you tell your wife that she has to submit, you're just all face. Yeah, sure. She knows she's supposed to be submissive. She read that verse. We've got scripture to back up everything that we want to do. Why? Because of the flesh. Because of the flesh. I'm not saying I've got it all figured out. I've said I got enough figured out from learning the Bible that I know that in my flesh dwells no good thing. So this thing is. Is easy, but it isn't as easy as we try to make it sometimes Romans 8 Verse number three for what the law could not do And that it was weak through the flesh The flesh is synonymous with sin nature God sending his own son the likeness of sinful flesh And for sin Condemned sin in the flesh We looked at all this, we did all these for, uh, this series about the timeline of Jesus' death and his resurrection. We, we looked at when he died on the cross. It didn't affect his soul. He bore his sins in his own body. And so we, we talked about that. So this flesh and this sin nature, we see it synonymous. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit, things of the spirit. We see that the flesh is synonymous with the sin nature. One more. Verse number eight. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. We see that synonymous, that the flesh is synonymous with our sin nature. Second Peter says they allure through the lusts of the flesh. So that's just some ideas what the Bible says concerning the flesh and equating it to our sin nature. What's the goal? Let's look at this. What's the goal of the flesh? The goal of the flesh is to completely and utterly and absolutely pervert the liberty that we have in Christ. Galatians chapter five, it says. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. That's how the flesh will pervert the liberty and the freedom that we have in Christ. They'll use it as an occasion, an occasion to sin, a license to sin, the launching pad as to justify what they're about to do that's wrong. And they wave the flag of liberty. I'm free. They've done it since the beginning of time. The women's lib movement was no different. They were doing what people have done all the time. They take liberty and they say, see, I'm free. And you know what? You and I are free. Mm -hmm. Because if you want to leave here today and tomorrow morning, wake up, and go do something sinful. You can. And I can. Now, I thank God that I don't want to. I thank God that opportunities aren't put in front of me that would change my want to, to, well, I want to, I just know I can't. Okay. Everybody thinks, you know, everybody reads these books about how to control their eyes with lust and, you know, you, they give them to these young fellows and they're good books, I guess they're good. I mean, I've read them and, and there's some good principles, but this idea of the eye bounce, I don't know if you, you, you all have heard this. eye bounce Well, you see something lustful, you just look away. Well, okay, that's great. But what if you look away and you're still lusting? What if you still like it? I pray that God would bring that out of our hearts. You're free to look at whatever you want to look at. You're free to go wherever you want to go. You're free. You're liberated. Why don't you want to be a servant to Christ? Why don't you want to live a holy and righteous life because you were saved out of an unholy and unrighteous and unclean life? I want to be clean and holy and live that type of life because I was so dirty in the muck and mire of sin. That's the idea. But God isn't going to swallow you up. The earth isn't going to swallow you up if you decide to go down to the bar and do something you ought not to do. You can do it. I don't want you to. God don't want you to. But you're free to do it. So the proper use of liberty is pretty simple. Let's move on to our next point. But this is God saying, look, on the contrary, by love, serve one another. We're to love, we're to serve, we're to do the one another. So here's why we're free. Here's why we're liberated. It's gonna come as a shock to serve one another. Saved husband, you know why you're liberated and free? To serve your wife. Wives, you know why you're liberated and free? To serve your husband. Spouses, you know why you're liberated and free? To serve your children. Christians, you know why you're liberated and free? To serve your church family. Christian friends, you know why you're liberated and free? To serve each other. Yeah, but I want to, I know you want to, I want to too. <laughs> There's things that I want to do where I have to say, you know what, how can I serve somebody else? That was a perfect example leading up to the conference. Everybody just stepping in and serving which is a blessing. We're not going to be one of those churches where uh, the preacher has to do everything because the preacher doing everything. Number one, it's going to burn the preacher out. Number two, the preacher has a wife too, and he's supposed to be a husband. He can't just do church work 24 seven and forget he has a wife. And number three, you really want me doing everything. (laughs) I hate to tell you, you don't want me thinking up ideas on how to make this church look pretty. It ain't going to look pretty. It'll look, Rough, and believe me, I've looked at some places, and, and some of the ladies have just shot me down. And said, oh, do "You really want to? You don't want me doing that? You can play a part and serve the Lord." This is going to be a church where somebody says, "Do we have a bus ministry?" And I say, "No." And they say, "Are you against men- bus ministries?" I say, "No. I just you don't want me driving the bus. I got enough things to do." Well, can I drive the bus? Well, yeah, start coming faithfully. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, let's do it. Let's work toward doing that. We had a brother here, missionary, is to the deaf. You have a deaf ministry? No. I said I'd love to have a deaf ministry. I "I don't have time to do it. I don't have time. I'm I'm so consumed with the pulpit ministry and trying to study God's word that you don't want your preacher spread too thin. I said, love to have deaf ministry. How do we do it? He's doing some research for us. I said we're going to do the same thing we doing with the busman. We're going to pray that God it would put upon God, God would put upon someone's heart we want to take up a, a death ministry. We're we'll going to do a nursing home ministry. Good. We pray that God will put it upon someone's heart to lead that up. we we'll going to do a VBS? Yeah, sure. Let's pray that God will put it upon someone's heart to do that ministry. Because everybody is free to serve Christ. And I want people to find that freedom here that they can serve the saints. That's the proper use of liberty. And we don't want to forget, uh, where are we at? 5.13. Christ is our example. Philippians 2 said, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. John 316 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's a giving. It's a serving. It's a no reputation. A lot of the work with the conference that just happened, the preachers get to come and feed us God's word. But most of the work occurred from March 1st to March 24th, before the conference started. And the preachers don't know all that went into all that. They know because they have hosted events like this. But what I'm saying is, all the ladies cleaning and cooking and vacuuming, and all the guys doing the landscaping and the yard work and the, and the electrical and, and all of this stuff. I mean, Brother Derek, he barbecued for 20 hours, put that thing in there and, and prepped it. And those people did a lot of work. I mean, my wife was working all month painting and doing and planning and not for a reputation, not to come up and be seen and recognize just to serve just to say, you know what? Just want to serve God. And what it great to be part of a conference where none of the preachers are up here trying to make a name for themselves, trying to go on yeah. some personal like uh, firecracker show. It was nice. Yeah. It was a good spirit, good spirit. That's what we want. No one's looking for a name. No one's looking for a reputation. That's, that's the proper use of liberty, because Christ is our example. Our Savior never sinned; sin could never rule over Him. Bible says, "For it made us, it made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him." Jesus had complete liberty, yet He chose no reputation, form of a servant, and loved the church and the world so much that He gave Himself for it. As Christians, we don't abuse liberty. Our liberty is used to love and to serve our brothers and sisters in Christ. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is liberty. God entrusted to us liberty so that we would love and serve one another. And it should be the natural result of the Holy Spirit living within us. We saw that this past week, touched on that. In verse number 13 in Galatians 5, we have two commands. The first command is this. Use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. The second command is this. But by love serve one another. As we start to close out, I want to take one last look. I want to take a look, our, our last points here, at why God gave us these two commands. Let's read verse 14. Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled... In one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You know why he gave us those two commands in Galatians chapter 13? The first reason is because love fully expresses the law. Leviticus chapter 19, you don't have to turn there for way of time, but the Bible says thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as As thyself Semicolon then it says I am the Lord You know why they were doing it? Because they love God Well they should be doing it because they love God We see it all the way back in the the Old Testament Matthew 22 Jesus said unto them Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart With all thy soul, with all thy mind This is the first and greatest commandment And the second is like unto it Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself On these two commandments Hang all the law And the prophets Romans chapter 13. owe no man anything, but to love one another. What do you owe each other? Love Love. That's what we owe each other And I know this modern church is just take this whole rainbow flag lovey-dovey false gospel and false Christianity All the way as far down to the depths of hell as you can take it. I know that but just because They take the word love and completely redefine it biblically. That doesn't mean we can't learn from it scripturally and apply it to our lives. We should love one another. The reason we go out and preach the gospel isn't to tell somebody off and show them that we've got something that they don't, and that we're and our attitude is we're actually happy they're going to hell. That's not love. Christ commended His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, that's love. I know you're a sinner. I need. I know you need a savior, just like I do. Let me tell you my story. I'll tell you how I got saved, and you should be giving them the gospel because you got a tear in their heart, not because you're happy that you can out-bible them or out-argue them. You got to be careful. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not cut. If there be any other commandment, it's briefly comprehend this saying namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love, here it is, is the fulfilling of the law. Got some hay from my neighbor got to feed these sheep over the winter. So he cuts hay. And he sells most of it to some bigger outfits. I think he sells to the co-op actually. Um, so he has those accounts that he does every year, but the, the the extra that isn't really good. It's not as good grass. He'll sell to me. He does not have anybody buying. It, so he gives me first dibs on it. So I bought it from him. And, uh, Start getting some of it. and I, So I said, I said man, I said, this hay, it's not as good as last year. I said, it's so stemmy. They're not really getting much out of it. And so he said, oh, yeah, don't, don't worry about it then. I said, oh, next season, we'll make sure I, I get it back to you. Well, he had called me a couple times throughout the winter, and he said, hey, you can come by and grab some more hay. I've got some extra. I've got some that the strings you know, broke on it, and you can have it. So let's love your neighbor. See, that's not a big deal. It's a big deal to me. It's a big deal to you if you're trying to keep sheep alive during the winter. I mean, it is. Yeah. That's loving your neighbor. Somebody need help, help them out. Well, I'm only going to help them if I can give them the gospel. Well, maybe get over that. Maybe help them out and then look for another opportunity. <laughs> Life isn't all about... If you know me and have known me any length of time, you know I've got a big emphasis on evangelism. I'm giving people tracks all the time, but if I can help somebody out, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Now I'll pray that an opportunity opens up. I'll slip that man a gospel track at the end or something to read at the end. But look, we need to love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. I know that's hard to do hard for me to do. Now, this is not to say that love is the only intention of the law. We see in Romans 3, it's supposed to stop the mouth. All the world may become guilty before God. We see that it is to bring the knowledge of sin. But it is to say that one intention of the law is that love is fully expressed. Yes, we are free from the law. But the motive or intent behind the law, we're not free from. And that motive or intent is love. Love is part of the spirit. Of the law you've heard letter of the law Right that's love and The second Reason that we'll close with tonight why we've given Those two commands in verse number 13 is to warn us To warn us Against devouring and Consuming one another so we're going to finish up with this Last verse the bible says in verse 15 But If you bite and Devour one another take heed That ye be not consumed one of another. This conference that we just pulled off, it could have, leading up to it, the whole month could have been a biting and devouring contest. We could have just chewed each other and spit each other out. Well, I don't think this. I don't like this. I think it should be this way. I think the chili's too spicy. I think the chili's too sweet. I think the soup should be colder. I think the soup should be hotter. I think we should have this this way. I think we should have this that way. It could have been a biting and devouring contest. None of that's in the Bible. Yet Christians fight about stuff that's not in the Bible. (laughs) And they leave churches over it. Who cares if somebody's personality isn't the same as your personality? You're never, ever, ever going to get two ladies in the same kitchen and have them agree on everything. It's not going to happen. One lady keeps the kitchen this way. One other Christian lady keeps a, a kitchen this way. Which one's right? Depends whose house you go to. I mean, look, it's their kitchen. Yeah. So now we got to all come together and we got to make food for people. And it could have turned into a biting and devouring contest, but it didn't. Because we got a good spirit and everybody's trying to serve and love one another. I'm telling you, people were impressed. They were impressed. They said, man, multiple people. Preachers and people have said to me and missionaries, you got something really good going on here. And it's because we're not biting and devouring one another. I mean, there's. I know some of you senior saints have been in church a long time. I've seen a lot of things. And the biting and devouring. In fun. There'll be nothing left. It'll be savagery. And it won't be Christian. Love enjoys serving with no strings attached. Law enjoys demanding. We're not talking about, look, we got to have a conversation because there's a doctrinal issue. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the biting and devouring because our flesh, our sin nature, the law that we're going to grab onto will just enjoy the demanding. And then that hammer of condemnation is just going to start getting slammed. There's a spirit behind legalism, this idea that I'm more spiritual than you. I'm 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 holier. I'm the high holier than thou. Um, if you think like that, if I think like that, we should think different. We should be better at loving. A legalistic spirit will consume. It will it will bite. It will devour. It will be savagery, and it will destroy. Not only you personally, you'll just grow up to be mean, old, and bitter. There's nothing worse than being a mean, old, bitter man or a mean, old, bitter woman. There isn't. And I've, st- I've talked to some senior saints. I'm thinking of somebody right now. You wouldn't know him, but he was heading that direction, got saved. And I'm just telling you, it's that biting and devouring. It's that spirit behind it. That's why we're told In verse uh, 15, uh, take heed that you be not consumed one another. And that's the final and third command given in verses 13 through 15. The command is stand guard so this doesn't happen to you. Mm -hmm. And all of us would do well to guard against the nitpicking that will turn into biting, that will turn into devouring, that will end in we've all consumed ourselves with the loss of the flesh. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.